Torah isn't education, it's transformation. This is Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3 where we discuss education. We discuss improving ourselves, improving the world, and a whole long in between, meaning we start with ourselves, move on to our friends, our family, our communities, until we can improve the country and the world, just make the world a better place to live in where we want to be in and see what is our input that we can do for this better place to be in. Many things, many topics that we've discussed, and this is your show, your Topics, as anything you would like to discuss or bring up or raise, please send us an SMS at 34519 or a telegram at 061-895-1019. Is any topic or anything you want to bring up, you can feel free at 0101403020. Actually, one of the calls that came in uh, just a few weeks ago onto the show was from a lady who was sharing her stresses of going through school herself and her that led to her decision to homeschool her own children, which was a fascinating discussion, uh, kind of linked to what we're going to be speaking about today. As today I have here in studio with me, uh, Mark Reese. Mark Reese is part of an organization called Healing Africa. You have to admit that just hearing, hearing those words of Healing Africa is something that would want to stay connected to the radio. I know definitely when I heard about Healing Africa, I was like, okay, let's go. Because we, yeah, we probably need some healing here in Africa and learning stuff and, and the different activities that they do, which we will go into in depth. However, Mark has another part to his journey as a, a father who's chosen to send his own children many years ago already to uh, homeschooling, which developed into actually being a curriculum provider here in South Africa and creating that homeschooling program. And however, we're here now to speak about healing Africa. So anything you'd like to ask Mark or comment or share about healing Africa, about homeschooling, about that discussion, 34519 is the SMS line 0618951019 or call 0101403020. Good afternoon, Mark. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good afternoon, Rebaji. Really my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's hear a bit about um, you before we go into the amazing stuff you're actually doing. So you, as I mentioned, you are a dad who had found your journey within um, homeschooling. That's great. Many years ago, we have two daughters, my wife and myself, and um, my older daughter was about four and she was in a a preschool, play school, and a friend of ours actually announced that she was taking her children out of the play school to start homeschooling them. And I mean, I'm talking about over 20 years ago now. That was really foreign in, in our country very unknown sort of means of education of children. And the more my wife did uh, research in terms of the benefits of homeschooling, the more she couldn't resist it. So we decided to embark on homeschooling both our daughters. We had the tongue-in-cheek approach that we would do it for a year. We'd save like crazy in case they needed psychiatric help at the end of all of that. (laughs) And then we'd put them into a mainstream school and some teacher could boss stick them back together if it was an absolute failure. All the good stories here started with, we said we'll do it for one year. (laughs) And then, yeah. Yeah. And we never looked back. Exactly. We went right through. Both my daughters qualified, um, finished their their Cambridge AS levels, Cambridge matric. And my older daughter 
works in the business now. She works in Imperial International College as our grade 10 to 12 arm that aligns with the Cambridge syllabus for IGCSE and AS levels. And my younger daughter is married and now lives in Austin, Texas. Okay. Well, that went um, quite quite a journey. Let's chat a bit about, and we will get back to it in the disadvantages mm. and the powers of homeschooling, etc. What about Healing Africa? Healing Africa Foundation is an organization that I've recently joined. They've got a focus around many aspects of addressing the social, economic, um, and, 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 uh, just skills development within areas that are underprivileged. So, or previously disadvantaged. So there's a focus around early childhood development, which is a critical need in our country. You know, the research shows that something like 40% of children in grade four in our country can't read and write. Um, and it's all about getting wow. the foundation right. That's quite scary. And yeah. is, is that research from recent times or from before? I'm just wondering if the numbers got way worse from kids who went through COVID times. Um, I can't quote on the very latest figures, say sort of 22, 23 figures. These figures were around about 2017. Oh, wow. Um, in all likelihood, from the little bit that I've been exposed to during COVID, I have no doubt that those figures would have worsened. Yeah, I said we're praying that it's better, but um, have our doubts. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have, as I say, I don't have statistics. But the issue is it's all about getting in at the ground floor. If you If you look at... Um, you know, it's all well and good to be addressing people at every level in our society, Rabbi G, in terms of trying to uplift. It's a critical thing. Our country is debatably one of the most beautiful in the world. It's got the most promise. And yet we face so many challenges. And it's wonderful to see organizations like Healing Africa, and there are many, that are trying to draw alongside and, and bring development and upliftment and a turnaround so when you say investing in early childhood development, what does that mean practically? So it's it's multifaceted. You know, within this specifically within the underprivileged areas or the previously disadvantaged areas, you've got a, a multiplicity of factors that they're dealing with. You've got lack of proper facilities, lack of running water, ablution facilities, and the like. You've that's that's at an absolute base level. Um, you know. Barely having a proper roof over the head where there's decent ventilation for children to be looked after. Um, early childhood development is really also about at a, at a very top level about children coming to discover what they're about. Um, and that requires having facilities where they can be uh, facilitated by teachers and educators that are qualified and know what they're doing. Again, massive shortage of that. You've got a lot of crime and corruption and um, just uh, uh, dangers in those areas. We want to be addressing that. You've got lack of nutrition. So you have kids living under with parents that are in survival mode because of all this yeah. chaos. That's okay. part of it, Rabbi G. The other part of it is you've got a significant number of children living in child-headed households. There aren't even parents around. And the parents themselves, where they are, are very often not educated, so they actually don't really know how to facilitate their children's early childhood development. So, I mean, you've got a, it really is, that's quite a spectrum of challenges to face. Um, And that's part of where we're we're focusing from Healing Africa Foundation is trying to rally financial support 
um, aligning with education facilities, potentially the likes of, of a Montessori, where okay. they have a, a wonderful program that deals with early childhood development and the premise being train the trainer. Because if you can get the children um, in an environment where the teachers know what they're doing, everyone wins. A hundred percent. So you're, so basically you're actively training teachers and uh, providing facilities for these kids to learn and, and be safe and grow and achieve there? That's the, that's the, the premise and that's the focus, correct. Okay, amazing. And you are spread throughout South Africa in Gauteng area? Where, where we, the, the, focus? the focus is to ultimately, um, expand it. We're busy putting together a pilot program. Uh, which potentially will be in a, a Joburg North environment, and then to expand that, take that pilot, uh, when you've got proof <laughs> that it's working, it's so much easier then to expand that to the rest of South Africa. Definitely, uh, and it will be a huge effect. I'm fascinated to hear and to see where the combination of homeschooling and homeschooling curriculums comes in with these training for the kids and what you can use as tools and for parents, etc. Just have an announcement before, and then when we come back, we will be going into that discussion. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Chai Fam Chai by G. We are back. I'm here with Mark Reese, who is uh, part of a Healing Africa organization. However, in his um, past, or I don't know, past sounds a long time ago. I guess not <laughs> such a past. He yeah. was uh, a father, started as a father, uh, doing homeschooling and leading that, uh, choosing that lifestyle here in South Africa. However, it developed into a company that actually provided curriculums and homeschooling services here in South Africa. And we, right before the break, we spoke about the balance between educating the educator on the one hand and creating a better option for kids throughout Africa through, um, through schools, teachers, educators, etc. At the same time, um, you were talking about the power of being a parent teacher, uh, the um, putting, bringing in the the skills, the academic skills, the uh, values, the life of what you want to educate and teach your child into your home. So let's talk a bit about that concept of growing um, your children um, together with you and meaning not only being a parent who fetches from school and that's when your shift starts, but really to be uh, the active educator uh, for your child. Uh, there's many uh, um, discussions around it, the challenges and the blessings of it. Why did you choose homeschooling and why do you think it's so amazing? There's several um, several reasons behind that, and uh, that, that many of them align, and, and a lot of these reasons are are universal. Um, first of all, the, it was for religious reasons as a family. As a Christian family, we wanted to bring up our children in the training instruction of, of the Lord, so we wanted to make sure that that was in the curriculum. The other th- reason was that, and, and this again, research across the world shows, that Homeschool children significantly outperform mainstream children on average when it comes to education. In what areas? Every single area. Uh, In terms of socialization? Let's talk about socialization. socialization, And academically, interestingly enough. Okay, so academically I hear. 
and I get it and I understand, although I could also understand why competition would be good, etc. But let's put that aside for a moment. Let's talk about social, social mm. life. Social life, you need experience as well. And when you take a child and you homeschool them and you take the majority of social opportunity from them, how do you improve their social skills and their social connections and abilities? I think it's quite a misnomer. There's some, for some reason or other, people seem to think that if you homeschool your children, they're going to be these social misfits. And it's also almost like they think, you know, you homeschool and then you lock them in a cupboard for the rest of the day. And homeschooling is not like that at all. To a large extent, a homeschooling day is a mainstream school day in reverse. So from the perspective that you could be with some of your friends at school in the morning, but you could be at home in the afternoon. In a homeschooling environment, you're at home in the morning, but in the afternoon, you can be anywhere. You have enormous flexibility. You could be visiting friends. You can be playing sport. You can be involved in extracurricular activities or whatever. And there's also this... Misunderstanding so wanna, that schools are the ch- best places so to wanna, be socialized. Okay, before we, we get to that, I want to challenge mm. on that level. Because uh, in this show, I speak to many professionals around the world. And one of the things that I always question is, is this research relevant to South Africa as well? Meaning, when you have a child in the uh, United States that in the afternoon when all the kids come home from school, the child can walk over to a friend, can go to a park and feel comfortable and safe, can go to the shopping mall and meet with kids. We live, unfortunately, in a reality that it's not safe for kids to walk over to them, their friends on their own. It's always arrangements. We don't ha- see that many kids riding their bike in the street or running to the park or climbing a tree or connecting with their pairs in today, day and age of South Africa. Doesn't that um, factor into the challenge of the kids? Because it's almost like um, kids can meet their pairs pretty much in school because of the security and crime situation and because of the stresses that we're living in currently in South Africa. I think it's a, it's a good uh, observation. I think certainly if you're homeschooling, you're taking on that responsibility as a parent. So it might be incumbent on you to set up some play dates. I think one has to not fall into the trap of thinking my child's got to be so-called socialized every minute of every day. It certainly isn't a necessity. But I would want to counter your challenge, if I may, uh, by saying it. the following to you. The tendency is to believe that children are, are need to go to school to order to learn socialization. Now, in essence, there are two kinds of socialization. There's incidental and there's significant. Incidental, you and I in the queue at a tuck shop at school, and I say to you, oh, what are you going to have? And you I'm going to have a hot dog. And you might say, I'm going to have a packet of chips. And that's fine. You drop your pencil, I pick it up, you say thank you. Whatever. Very incidental. Significant socialization is where children are really interacting. Now, within that context, if I was to ask you, think back to your schooling experience. Number one, schools tend to segregate. So... If you look at any young children playing, guaranteed the first or second question they will ask each other, if the first question is, what's your name, the second question I absolutely guarantee you will be, how old are you? Why? Because schools encourage a pecking order. So that's the first part. Life is not a pecking order. From the day you leave school, a school environment is the singularly most 
unnatural social environment to be in. From the day you leave school, you will never, ever again, as long as you live, be in one room with a group of people that are potentially the same gender and the same age as you. Life is not like that at all. The other part to consider is, if you think back to your matric year, and for some of us that's a lot longer than others, but kind of get that picture of, of your matric at class. Least, at least three months or four months or so, yeah. <laughs> Try and have that picture of that, that group maybe in the quadrangle at the end of the year where they took that matric photograph. Think about some of the people there. Can you honestly tell me, Rabbi G, that everyone in that picture was a perfectly well-socialized human being? And I know your answer, if you're honest, would be absolutely not. But can you tell me that every child who's homeschooling is a perfectly um, socialized human being? I can't, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. School is not a guarantee that a child is going to be well socialized. It's not a guarantee. However, I I accept the the concept that it's not a natural way, which, by the way, it's that that challenge we have on every level of school, meaning... The dividing of the talents based on age group is not a natural thing. And saying that everybody should be fitting the same curriculum is not a natural thing. And the fact that we think that everybody works better in the morning and nobody works better in the afternoon or in the evening is also not a natural thing because everybody's different. Saying that, when you have a variety of opportunity, you definitely have a way to connect to people, even if it's unnatural, than when you don't have opportunity at all, almost. Well, I think it depends on what you define as they don't have an opportunity at all, almost. If if you're going to be a parent that's going to keep your child at home and never expose them to another human being, obviously that's not particularly wise. And no child can be expected to acquire proper interaction skills. That said, however... The opportunity for a parent to school their child relative to what happens in a mainstream school. So take, for example, where there's conflict in a mainstream school. Invariably, that conflict happens on the sports field during break time. Okay. So we have a teacher for maths. We have a teacher for English. We have a teacher for geography. And then at break time, are all the teachers lined up around the field and please understand, I'm not here to knock teachers at all. I have the no, utmost no. respect for, for, for teachers that can survive a school environment. But now are the teachers all lined up around the sports field during break time, checking on how the children are socializing and helping them acquire the proper skills to deal with conflict? No, they're not. Not, not all of them. However, is, is that not something we want them to learn on their own how to socialize? Well, um, I'm, I'm not talking about learn how to socialize. I'm talking about, for example, how to deal with conflict. So how does, okay. how does one six-year-old teach another six-year-old to deal with conflict? He either, by, hits, him, experience, he either okay. hits him or he runs. Okay? okay. That's, it's that kind of fight or flight. That's how you deal with conflict. You know as, a, as, as an adult when you're dealing with children, if a child comes to you and, and explains or shares with you that they've had a horrible experience with their friend – You have the opportunity to bring perspective on life and also um, valuable advice on how to deal. Isn't that what happens with the parent after school? So your child comes home after school and says, well, today I had a horrible time in in the yard with Johnny. And, you know, the parent would sit down with the child and say, okay, let's learn how to deal with it, how to 
manage the situation. I'm not thinking about the concept that I do believe that there are teachers on the field in younger ages at least, or sure. uh, there should be, but that is a parent role that should be there. I agree with you, but mm. with respect, not every parent is present, and second of all, not every child shares it with their parents because they might not have a very good connection with their parents or they feel embarrassed to share it with their parents. Okay. What are the social benefits of not being in school? We're, so we're talking about the challenges of being in school. Mm. Let's talk about the benefits of not being in school from a social perspective. One of the things that's, that's a real benefit of homeschooling from a, from a social benefit point of view is that children don't acquire Children who are homeschooled don't acquire a pecking order mindset. So again, research will show that a a homeschooled child will walk into a room and they will talk to a granny, a married couple, a teenager, or play with a baby on the floor. Why? Because they're there. They don't walk into the room going, I'm 10, who else looks like they're 10 years old here? And so that, that, I mean, for starters is, and again, this okay. is not Mark's opinion. Please appreciate this is international research I, proves I, this. I'd love Mark's opinion as well. This is a, <laughs> a show that is open for discussion yeah, and debate, sure. and, I, and I'd love to hear that. And by the way, I'd love for the listeners, any comments, anything. Do you agree with Mark? Do you disagree? Do you, what is your take on this? 34519 is the SMS line. Mm-hmm. 061-895-1019 is a telegram. Again, SMS line 34519. And Telegram 061-895-1019. You could even call at 0101403020 and join this conversation while I'm having here with Mark Reese, who is a homeschooling father and I'd say believer, and yep. as well as uh, <laughs> managing homeschooling uh, um, curriculums and part today of Healing Africa organization. Okay, so we're talking about the natural connection and mm. the the. Connection. I I still think that it would be fair to say that homeschooling today is something that parents need to invest in more than in the past. Meaning there is a a natural social opportunity that we don't have today in South Africa with the crime, with the challenges of going out, and with the. I don't want to say that adults have become depressing because we're adults, kind of. But a lot of times when adults are around, adults will hear about the future of South Africa and the currency and the government. And and that's not necessarily a healthy environment for a child to be um, based on daily. I mean, we, we I do want to see ch- children playing with their peers, worrying about the new game or the new uh, or where it's raining or their new clothes. And not so much about the rand, the government and the future in South Africa. So would you agree that there is more of a challenge today for parents? And I'm not saying it as something, therefore, don't do it. I'm saying be focused and realize, and maybe that's only putting me in a place that I have more respect for parents that are doing homeschooling, that it is a harder job today. Yeah, I think um, one thing must one must appreciate fundamentally what is homeschooling. From our perspective, we've always believed the following. Homeschooling, if I was to give it a definition is the discipleship of children to prepare them for life. Okay. Any form of discipleship takes commitment. It takes sacrifice. And so, yes, it might well be, again, depending on where you live in South Africa, um, I'm fortunate to live in a gated community, so um, my children could walk next door, walk down the road, 
But that doesn't apply to every person in South Africa. And in those instances, it would require perhaps more commitment from a family, or sorry, from the parents in the family to make opportunities for them to see their friends, to get to extramurals and, and the like. But um, there's another saying that we love to use in homeschooling circles called homeschooling is not for sissies. Okay. I definitely agreed. It's not the easier uh, route in any way. However, it's interesting that when we come into homeschooling, we talk about, a lot about bringing in the same curriculum that the schools have. And I'm questioning when it comes to the curriculum side of things, why would we say, okay, we need to have the same structure if the whole idea of homeschooling is really we don't want to do an unnatural in-the-box thing. We actually want to see how we grow and achieve and help our children thrive. That's a, a very good question, Rabbi G, because right now there is a huge debate going on around the Bella Bill, the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill that's up for 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 discussion, and there's discussions and hearings going on around the country where people can make representation. Currently, the wording in the Education Act does not say that students who are being homeschooled have to follow the CAPS curriculum. Okay. The requirement in the wording is they must follow a curriculum that's at least of an equivalent standard. And that's one of the other big benefits of homeschooling is that you have much more flexibility in terms of How the material you, you want that to cover. Standard? Well, <laughs> with respect, I can't comment because that's exactly <laughs> what everyone is 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 querying the okay. Department of Basic Education on, saying, "What do you define as this?" <laughs> another one of those meme type comments is, "I'll give you a standardized test when you can find me a standardized child." Uh, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so so basically, it's it's kind of in the dark, and that's why we have to stick to the standard curriculums. Well. Well, no, that's part of what's being debated because um, if you want me to be assessed by an assessor that my child is at least achieving the equivalent standard of the CAPS curriculum, and, and, and forgive me, I don't mean to be controversial, but with respect, if one considers what the standard, the minimum standards of the CAPS curriculum is a pass rate, I think it's 37%. With respect, if yeah. you can't achieve that in a homeschooling environment. Don't do it. Really? What What are you doing? <laughs> so there's no issue in terms of achieving that minimum standard. The question is some of the things that might be covered. So okay. if, if, if I'm homeschooling off and, and perhaps one of the, the standard comments would be if I'm stand, if, if one of the reasons why I've chosen to homeschooling is because of my religious beliefs, I want to be able to manage a question of creation versus um, uh, evolution. I want to be able to manage that the way I want to manage that. Okay. And and again, there's but not that an could issue be with added it. to the curriculum. It doesn't have to be part of the curriculum. Precisely, and that's why I'm saying, from a flexibility point of view, I have the opportunity in a main, in a homeschooling environment because children, God didn't make children from a cookie cutter. Every child's got their own unique way that they deal with things. Every child has areas where they're strong, areas where they're not so strong. And the beauty of homeschooling is I can take my time. I can slow down on a certain arena if I need to. One of the things you touched on earlier was, um, you know, 
education standards and that the critical thing, this 40% can't read and write. It's absolutely, literacy and numeracy unquestionably are the singularly most important things to acquire. And frankly, if you're not literate, it's highly unlikely you're going to become numerous. So when there's a focus in that arena, and that's coming back to that early childhood development, these are vital things. Besides the fact it's not, I mean, to develop a child isn't just to teach them to read and write. (laughs) There's a whole person behind that child. And that's another big focus in homeschooling. Now, there's a legend, I don't know if it's true, that there was once a reward from the President of the United States to the best teacher. And while this teacher was uh, chosen, the President asked the teacher, so what subjects do you teach? And the teacher said, I don't teach subjects, I teach kids. (laughs) And I think that's exactly the the point that we need to look at. We do need to go for another um, announcement and break, and then when we come back, we'll continue this discussion. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 Hi FM, Hi Chinuch, Rabbi G. We are back in, uh, in the middle of a fascinating discussion. I'm here with Mike, with Mark Reese, who is a homeschooling advocate almost, I'd say. Can I say that? Certainly. Certainly. Okay. And we are, uh, discussing the, the benefits and the, what we want to gain from homeschooling. Before I go to the main discussion that we need to discuss about homeschooling, just a quick question. One of the challenges that we're seeing in mental health today has to do a lot with the physical awareness of our children and us as adults, meaning we need in order to be living a balanced, healthy life to have, you know, a balanced level of dopamine and a balanced level of all the chemicals in our brain. And we are, you know, when we talk about being created, and we were created in a way that, um, I'd say before cars and before uh, all of that, that we did have to walk and we did have to get some exercise and we did have to be in a physical shape, in a better physical shape. And in our society today, in reality today, we generally are exercises, I guess, from, I wouldn't say from the bedroom to the fridge, but even to the car and pretty much the shopping center. And when kids do go to school, then there are soccer fields, and then they are running, and there is much more physical movement. How do we um, compensate that when a child is homeschooling and doesn't have nearly the amount of steps, movement, exercise, and just, you know, physical ability, especially that one of the big, and I know it's a long question, but one of the biggest challenges we have is I find many times kids are not sleeping at night and many times because their brain is already tired and going ballistic, but their body is not. And you find people that are just half awake, half asleep 24-7 instead of being very energized by day and very sleepy by night. Where do we put in that physical extra need of the children? From a homeschooling point of view, again. Yes, definitely. Sure. Again, I, I, I think, um, again, it's incumbent on the parent so you've got, if you're homeschooling in the morning, as I said uh, earlier, your homeschooling day is a mainstream school in reverse. You could be at home in the morning being educated, but in the afternoon you could be playing any number of sports um, and potentially more activities than you can offer in a mainstream school. So there's opportunity to go to gym. There's opportunity to do both my daughters, for example, although they were homeschooled, were for many years both of them in their own levels were South African champion rhythmic gymnastics, gym, gymnasts. Um, 
top, top South African modern dancers. So, again, I think it's going to come down to the individual family and the student. And the investment in it. The child. Yeah. yeah. Look, not every child, and with respect in the school as well, many children come break time, go outside and sit on a bench and eat their sandwiches and go back into class and sit at a desk. It's also That's being nice me. without uh, talking <laughs> about devices and um, yeah. social media. But yeah. Sure. Okay. So we're really running out of time and the show's, you know, mm. moving very fastly. And I want to ask you like this. For the parents listening to the show now and they're saying, well, very nice, great, great idea. Uh, however, I go to work every day. I come back at uh, 5 o'clock. I'm not homeschooling my kids. It's not an option. What are the tools that we use in homeschooling life that a parent who doesn't do homeschooling could still benefit and use over the weekends, in the evening, during the long weekend we're going to have now, holiday times? There must be something that we that even if we're not going to go all in with homeschooling or all in with mainstream school, there must be skills and talents that are benefited by homeschooling that we can um, in, co- coordinate and in, and do for our children. Yeah, you can adopt things into your family. I think, Rabbi, gee, the, the the issue here would be, you know, bear in mind, in a mainstream environment, children invariably from as young as grade one, grade two, are coming home with a lot of homework. So... I think one of the things that would be great is if parents can be involved there, certainly one thing. And the more you're involved with the child, the more you will pick up where their talents, interests, passions lie. And then, I mean, there is so much available online, just for starters. You could easily do with a little bit of research, find out what sort of courses, what sort of other opportunities are there for learning that can feed that passion, that interest, that talent, that gift that the child has. And that takes a parent involvement. And that would be on public holidays, a weekend. And it could even be to the extent of saying, again, crude example, but if your child is passionate about animals, it could be about really taking time and going to the zoo. And maybe speaking to one of the rangers there and saying, or the park rangers and saying, you know, I want to book a tour with you. You know, that kind of thing. It it takes an invested parent to feed their child, and certainly children perform better when the parent's involved. So you mentioned about homework, and one of the debates we have many times, and sometimes parents want to get involved in the homework, but their children are just so tense, and they've been in school all day, and, you know, they don't want to feel judged by their parents, and they're not good enough. They just want to do it on their own and have it. And then we'd recommend many times for the parents to say, forget the homework, let the child deal with it. I'm talking about an older child that can actually do it. And you find a different topic that is fresh, that the child doesn't feel judged that he doesn't know it from school or she doesn't know it from school. The child doesn't feel like, okay, I'm going to be tested by my parent how good I am. But actually a new topic, a new subject, something that you can just learn with them that is not part of the schooling system. And do it in a very warm, pleasant way that's not pressured. Would you balance that over homework or individually? Where would you see that coming in? That's a difficult one to answer because schools schools have different approaches to homework being done or not being done. So I think the risk of saying the child to your definitely child, has to do it. The question yeah. is how much involvement from the parent. I think one of the things is, again, if I could come back put it from a, a homeschooling perspective, one of the goals in homeschooling is to encourage your child to become an independent learner. So even if your child's in a mainstream school, the more you're involved from the 
foundation level, what I was talking about early childhood development, you know, when you're involved and making sure those foundations are sound, down the line it's that much easier to take your hands off. And as you were saying, the older children are much more independent. You know, the reality is if your child leaves home still firmly attached to your apron strings, with respect, you haven't done a very good job as a parent. So in terms of being able to give them more opportunities around things that are totally neutral, it could be about their botany or bird watching or whatever. Gardening or anything, which yeah. I, I've seen really amazing. I, I can't not comment about your sentence. And if your child, when he leaves home, is still connected to your apron, you haven't done a good job because I can't even count how many times parents share the frustration of their child who's become this independent, amazing person, and he or she don't necessarily run back to their parents when they need or don't or, or they're quite independent and they see it as a challenge when actually it is a proper blessing. Yeah. I th- I th- again, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, one of my big passions is parenting. Parenting and marriages, those are big for me. <laughs> and um, in terms of parenting, I, you know, if you lay a, a sound foundation, you, it's great to be able to see your child being independent, thinking clearly with the right um, moral values that they're applying to their life. And that comes from parents pouring into their kids at a young age. And then when they're older, what a pleasure to be able to release them. And, and it's, it's comforting. Especially in the environment and the world we live in today where there are so many things out there that are detrimental to children, detrimental to... What a positive attitude and and hope that we can actually have that positivity and watch our kids grow and and achieve and and be there. Uh, We're going to take one short last break and we will be right back for the final part of the show. When God created the lofty mountains, the oceans teeming with life, the planet and the galaxies, God also thought the world needed one of you. What did you do today to better the world? Big or small, we would love to hear from you. Email Kathy with a K at highfm.com. Share your story. Inspire others. Change the world. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. High FM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 We are back at the last part of today's show, and I'm here with Mark Reese. It's been a really fascinating hour, and we've spoken quite a bit about homeschooling potential, the, the, the growth, the achievement that you have as a parent that is hands-on and able to uh, give your child the best without all the extra stresses. Uh, ending off with a last question. Um, interesting question. Shame. It's coming at the end of the show. I don't know how much time we have for it. Thank you, Rabbi G. This is a very interesting, it is very interesting. It sounds to me that proper homeschooling really needs financial stability. Is it so? I'm not exactly sure what you mean by financial stability. Meaning, meaning that it's not as cheap as we think and, and we need to be able to either have one parent not working or pay for tutors and pay for curriculums and pay for extra murals and kind of seeing that the children get out there and manage the world. In the main, it would require one parent to uh, devote themselves to the homeschooling, but many, many parents balance, again, it depends on the employment that you've got, depending on what sort of flexibility you have in your job. 
So from that perspective, yes, there is a need for a certain amount of financial stability. But remember also, there is a significant amount of material available online that parents can get their hands on. And within the homeschooling community, there is significant support that happens um, across families in terms of sharing resources and encouragement and guidance. So Tell me it's really grown. Give, give me three seconds about that support. Um, so uh, across uh, social media platforms, especially on, on Facebook, there are n- many, many homeschooling um, forum-type environments or uh, groups where you can be asking questions, getting advice, and you're getting feedback and guidance from people who are really uh, veterans in the game and that are able to say, you know, look here, visit this site, speak to this person. So there's... And, and they are and just very by going willing online, to share. You'll find it. Yeah, if you go onto Facebook, I mean, there's, um, and there's, some of them are regionalized. There's Western Cape homeschooling. There's Eastern Cape. There's homeschooling in South Africa. Again, if you go onto Facebook, you'll find a plethora of them that you can draw on. And as I say, um, families are always very willing to share, both from experience. Not just curriculum-wise, but also people ask the most intimate questions. I'm battling with this with my child. Guaranteed, someone else has felt has experienced that, and they're happy You're not to the come first back with advice. Battling. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, we're really running out of time. Mm-hmm. What is your message to South Africa? And by the way, another person sent in. Shame, not signed. I wish it would come in signed. Thank you, Rabbi G. Great show. And obviously, the great show <laughs> is the guest, not me. Yeah. So, well done to you, Mark. It's my um, pleasure. What is your message to South Africa and your wish and hope? You know, in terms of um, from a homeschooling point of view, which was where we kind of started this, um, the one issue that we've seen over more than 20 years in this industry is that most families come to homeschooling as a last resort. But once they're in it, it they find the that they wish it was their, they'd come there for their very first um, option. But that aside, um, I'd just love to see more families involved with their with their children, whether they're in a mainstream school or whether they're homeschooling. To see parents returning to being involved with their children rather than substituting their presence with um, electronic devices. Amazing. Being connected to your heritage, your parents, linked to the previous generations, and just being in this world, not in the virtual virtual world. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. And that's what we should aspire for and hope. Thank you, Mark, for being here today. Uh, Very fascinating, amazing uh, points, shows, and uh, as I'm sure, uh, a lot to think about, which is what we want to do. We want to think and we want to get things uh, in that area. Thank you, Craig, for running the show. Thank you, Sina, for getting Mark on the show and producing. It's been a great show. Looking forward to see you all next week, Monday, 2 to 3, where we discuss education, how to improve ourselves, the world, and everybody around us just to be better people in a better place. In the meantime, stay safe. Look after yourself and your loved ones. And We will just have a great place to be in and to live in.